Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by local actors. This episode features the first chapter of The Inn at Holiday Bay, Boxes in the Basement by Kathy Daly and read by local actor Julia Reimer. Boxes in the Basement was published in November of 2018. After suffering a personal tragedy, Abby Sullivan buys a seaside mansion she has never even seen, packs up her life in San Francisco, and moves to Holiday Bay, Maine, where she is adopted, quite against her will, by a huge Maine coon cat named Rufus, a drifter with her own tragic past named Georgia, and a giant dog with an inferiority complex named Ramus. Abby is focused on the remodel of the mansion which she plans to turn into an inn, until she is pulled into a murder investigation when she finds boxes in the basement of her new home, which seem to contain clues relating to three deaths in the small town. Chapter 1 Maybe it had been insanity that caused me to sell my condo, pack my belongings, and buy a huge old house I had never even seen. Maybe it had been my unwillingness to face the grief I would not deal with and could not escape— that caused me to move to a town I knew nothing about and had never even visited. Or maybe, just maybe, when I'd seen the ad for the run-down old house perched on a bluff overlooking the sea, I hadn't been running at all. Maybe I tried desperately to convince myself I'd simply seen the opportunity to do something fun, creative, different. No, I admitted as I gingerly placed a foot on the first of three rotted steps leading to the decayed front porch. It hadn't been insanity, an unwillingness to deal, or a longing for fun that caused me to give up my life in California to move to a tiny town in coastal Maine where no one knew who I was or what I had been through. What it had been, I decided, was preservation. I sighed in relief when I made it to the front door without falling through the rotted wood. I took out the brand new key I'd been given by the realtor after he'd had the locks changed prior to my arrival, opened the door, and then stepped into the entry. The floor was damaged and would need to be replaced, and the wallpaper was peeling and would need to be stripped, but the rooms were totally empty, and empty rooms I knew— Even those in disrepair were preferable to rooms filled with well-meaning friends who were unable to deal with your grief and wanted to help but felt helpless to do so. The entrance to the home was large and airy and opened up to twin staircases spiraling toward the second story. I'd been told the house had three stories of living space, ten bedrooms, eight baths, and a large living area consisting of several rooms, including a parlor and a library, on the first floor. I was also promised the property included a separate guest house that could be used as a mother-in-law unit. Apparently, the English gentleman who built the house back in 1895 had grand plans to marry his one true love and fill those ten bedrooms with chubby-cheeked children. But his dream, like mine, had never come to fruition. And so, like me, he'd moved away. I knew there had been several owners between Chamberlain Westminster and Bodine Devine, the man from whom I'd bought the house. I wasn't certain of the entire history, but I supposed it didn't really matter. While my move to the small town of Holiday Bay might not have been well thought out, 
The challenge to gently nudge the old girl back to her former glory had come at the perfect time. The house, I decided, would occupy my energy and my mind. Rehabilitating it would give me focus and provide a safe harbor from which I could fight my demons and finally begin to heal. My long brown hair blew across my face as the front door blew open behind me. I whirled around, prepared to defend my territory. But all I found was empty space. I put a hand to my chest as my heart pounded. There was no one there. It was just the wind. I had to admit this huge empty house had me on edge. It was almost as if I was half expecting someone or something to jump out at me from around every corner. I took a deep breath, crossed the room, and reached for the door, preparing to remedy this situation, when a huge orange cat, that had to be half mountain lion given its enormous size, darted between my legs and into the entry. Shoo, I said as I waved my arms toward it. The cat looked at me with eyes as green as my own, took a few steps, turned, then trotted up the stairs. Hey, I called after the feline, you don't live here. You really can't stay. The cat reached the landing at the top of the first flight of stairs, turned to glare at me once again, and then continued down the hallway. Damn cat, I muttered under my breath. Life, I decided, was a cruel jokester. As if I didn't have enough to deal with, I now seemed to have a stowaway. Suffice it to say, Abby Sullivan was not now, nor had she ever been, a cat person. Or any kind of animal person, for that matter. I considered going after the cat, but decided that perhaps it would find its way out on its own. Returning my attention to the house, I walked into what I assumed was the main living area. The room was empty, but the hand-carved mantle which framed the old stone fireplace truly was a work of art. I ran my hand over the intricately carved surface and imagined the craftsman who had taken the time to get every detail just right. Hand carvings like this were rare these days, and I knew in my heart that the mantle at least would need to be preserved. I turned back to the room and considered the intricately carved crown molding along the ceiling. There were sections that would need to be replaced, but I supposed the damaged sections could be replicated. It would be a shame to tear down the original material if there was any way it could be saved. I knew I'd taken on a project when I'd bought the place, but until I'd arrived and had a chance to look around, I'd had no idea how truly large a project it would be. And there were lots of rooms in need of attention, and so far it looked as if each room was the size of my entire condo back in San Francisco. No need to panic, I assured myself as I walked into the room I assumed had been previously used as a formal dining area. The house was going to be a lot of work, but I was up for that task. I just need to get organized, consider the entire project, and come up with a plan. From my experience, almost any project was possible, as long as I broke it down into small steps I could handle so I wouldn't be overwhelmed by the magnitude of the work in its entirety. I walked through the dining area to the back of the house, where I imagined I'd find the kitchen. The room was charming in an old-fashioned way. It was a large room with a lot of potential, although the appliances were ancient, the wallpaper peeling, and the cabinets dated. I supposed a total gut job would be required for this particular room, which meant that a hot plate and microwave might be good items to purchase, 
along with cleaning supplies, mouse traps, and maybe something that would provide the mountain lion, who I was certain was still prowling around upstairs, motivation to leave. What I needed, I realized, was a list. I took out my phone and opened an app. Taking action, any action, seemed like a move in a positive direction, which provided my slightly overwhelmed psyche with the illusion of control. Number one, I said aloud, go to the store and buy food to last several days, and maybe an ice chest to store the food until the status of the refrigerator can be determined. I walked over to the refrigerator and opened the door. I grimaced at the mess I found and then took a step back. Determining status didn't seem to be the issue, so much as replacing the old unit with something less disgusting. Number two, I continued as I walked around the room, opening and closing cupboards. Find a place to set up a home base while renovations are underway. I had brought an air mattress, sleeping bag, pillow, and jug of water with me, so once I'd figured out where to set up, I'd bring it all in and build a little nest. I had a stack of books, several bottles of wine, music on my phone, and even a propane light that would come in handy until I could deal with the electricity. Number three, I said into my phone, have gas, water, and electricity turned on. I paused and looked around at the shabby interior. It really had been a while since the house had been lived in. Number four, I added, find a plumber and an electrician to check everything out before using the gas, water, and electricity. There was a door leading off the kitchen that I assumed led to the basement that had been part of the listing. I turned the handle and opened the door to find wooden stairs descending into a dark space. Closing the door, I decided to leave a tour of the basement for another time, and continued toward the rear of the house. The laundry area was large, but the windows had been boarded up, and the place was nothing more than a tangle of cobwebs. Taking a deep breath, I continued to the back door, which led onto a huge deck that actually appeared to be in good repair. Climbing down from the deck, I headed in the direction of an adorable little cottage the realtor had referred to as the guest house. From its location on the edge of the sea, I bet the view from this little place would probably be even more spectacular than the one from the house. Climbing the steps to the wraparound porch, I took out the second set of keys I'd been given and opened the door. I wasn't expecting much, given the state of disrepair of the main house, so when I opened the door and stepped inside, I was more than pleasantly surprised. The cozy space was dusty, but it looked as if it had been recently renovated and appeared move-in ready. I smiled as I noticed the large stone fireplace on one wall of the main living area. I could imagine how cozy it would be to curl up in front of the fire during a winter storm. The fireplace had a gas insert that looked as if it had been recently installed, but I suppose I should have it checked before I used it. I picked up my phone and added, Fireplace Guy, to my list. The living room, which featured hardwood floors and pale gray walls, opened up to a small but newly updated kitchen, which thankfully appeared to have working appliances. The space was charming and modern, with granite countertops and updated cabinets. I knew the cottage had two bedrooms, one in the front that looked out over the now overgrown garden, and one at the back overlooking the sea. I poked my head into one of the two bathrooms. The dark gray granite countertops, like those in the kitchen, looked new, which thrilled me, but the cabinets, while updated, had been painted a dark green. Not really my color, but I could always repaint, and the room looked as if it would be adequate once I had the water turned on. 
Things were definitely looking up, I decided, as I headed to the larger of the two bedrooms. The room had a door at the rear that I assumed opened out to a private deck. Wow, I said as I took in the view. It was simply amazing. The dark blue of the winter bay in the distance was bordered by a lush green forest covered with a layer of snow producing an absolutely stunning contrast. The entire shoreline looked to be uninhabited, with the exception of a single dwelling in the distance perched on the edge of the sea. A feeling of peace rose as the serenity of the landscape wrapped itself around me like a warm hug. I'd always found the sea to have a calming effect on my nerves, even during the worst of times. Here, I decided, as I took in a deep breath of fresh sea air, was where I'd build my nest. Here, in this little guest house, where I could both wake up and fall asleep to the spectacular view. I'd need a bed, and possibly a dresser, but for now I'd blow up my air mattress and set it next to the huge glass doors, which I planned to wash as soon as I got my supplies. It would be from this perfect spot, in this little house, that I'd read, dream, refurbish, and heal. I knew the journey to making the main house habitable would be a long one. I knew the road to healing would be even longer. But for the first time since I'd packed my SUV and merged onto Highway 80 East, I actually believed both might be possible. Heading back to my SUV, I grabbed my laptop and travel bag. I went back to the cottage making the first of many trips. Once I had the vehicle unloaded, I sat down at the kitchen counter on one of the stools left behind. I took out my laptop and opened my mail app. I used my phone to take a photo of the fantastic view, then attached it to an email. I stared at the blank page for several minutes as I worked up the courage to continue. I had done a lot of difficult things in the past year, but for some reason, writing this email seemed harder than most. Dear Annie, Greetings from Maine. I've attached a photo of the view from the little cottage where I plan to begin rebuilding my life. Isn't it fabulous? I know you're concerned that I've descended into madness and am no longer in control of my mental faculties, and I understand your trepidation at the choices I've made since the accident, but I needed to do this despite your fears. It would mean so much if you could find it in your heart to understand and support my choice. Love, Abby. I read the email through, then let my finger linger over the send button. Part of me wondered why I bothered, but another part realized that making things right with the only family I had left was a necessary step if I really wanted to rebuild my life. This reading of Boxes in the Basement was produced by Kings River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Ham. Boxes in the Basement is available for purchase. You can learn more about this book and Kathy's other books on the author's website, kathydaily.com. Check out Kings River Life Magazine's websites for more mystery, local theater, animal rescue, and so much more. kingsriverlife.com and krlnews.com. We'll be back next time with another mystery short story or mystery first chapter. Subscribe to our podcast and make sure you don't miss a single episode. And follow us on Twitter to keep up with everything KRL at Kings River Life. Until next time, this is your announcer, Jim Tuck, wishing you a life full of mystery. Mystery.